Ride the Vibes, a refreshing, fun, and informative experience. Join Steve and Winnie on VoiceTube Studios. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ride the Vibes. This is your host Steve. And this is your host Winnie. And today we talk about the terrible and infamous coronavirus. Now before we get into uh, today's episode, I just want to take some time and let you guys know and understand that we are recording our podcast ahead of time. So, um, you know, by the time um, this episode airs, we don't know how the situation is going to be like. So it's very important that no matter what we talked about in this episode today, uh, the most important thing is everybody stay healthy, stay alert, and uh, wash your hands regularly. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been all over the news and you can see a lot of information about it. But we do have our own take and we both live in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So I think we have a lot to say about our opinions and mm -hmm. some of the stuff that's gone on with the coronavirus. All right. So let's get to it. All right. So let's, let's just start with Taiwan first. Uh, we both live in Taiwan and Taiwan has done a really good job at containing the coronavirus compared mm -hmm. to their neighbors like Japan, Korea, China, mm -hmm. uh, Singapore. Most of these countries have not done as well. Mm -hmm. So for you, do you... How do you feel about that? Or what do you think are some of the reasons why Taiwan has done so much better than their neighbors? I got to say, um, I got to say, uh, the government really, really did a great job. Um, when SARS happened uh, more than 10 years ago, I was a kid. I think it was really, really bad. Um, they didn't really do anything about uh, educating the people about how they should prevent it. But I think this time they, they're doing a great job. They have, I, I see commercials, I see flyers, and I see, um, you know, posts on the internet telling people how they should prevent it, you know, like how they should wash their hands and how they should properly wear their masks. And right now the government is, um, they have like uh, limits and restrictions on how many masks you can get. Yeah, so actually I found that out yesterday. So if you go, if you want to buy a mask right now, well, Taiwan's lucky that they can actually manufacture the masks, mm -hmm. the masks right in this country. Mm -hmm. But if you want to buy a mask, you can only buy two of them at one time, mm -hmm. and they're each five NT a piece, mm -hmm. and that's nothing. Like if you're talking about American dollars, that'd be like a dime. I know. So you're allowed to buy two masks, and if anyone is caught charging a really high price for a mask, the government will give them a giant fine. So you can't charge a really high price for masks just because people can't get them. Yeah, this is uh, this is actually pretty good. And I mean, masks, yes, they are in demand, but do you really need to buy hundreds and hundreds of masks and you keep them at homes and other people couldn't really get it? Is that really necessary? So I think this is like a good um, chance to educate people that as long as you have enough masks, you should be fine. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks about human, human nature here. People mm -hmm. freak out. And they just, you know, they go into panic mode. So it's like, I'm going to buy as many masks mm -hmm. as I can because maybe this will go on for two months. Maybe this will go on for a year. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I have masks. It's mm -hmm. really hard to, like, can care about strangers and stuff when you're really panicked or scared of something. That's true. But I'm actually very lucky because my girlfriend is a biologist. Mm -hmm. And so she, she just brings a bunch masks. of masks home from work. So usually yeah. we have a bunch of masks sitting uh -huh. in the apartment. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I've been, I've been watching the news lately. And I think they do uh, they do a good job telling people that if you're healthy, then you probably don't really have to worry about it that much. And I see a lot of movements on the internet saying that if you're healthy, then maybe you should um, you know give your quota to other people who are really in need. 
Yeah, that, that probably makes a lot of sense, though I think that's going to be hard for some people to mm-hmm. accept. But um, one other thing to think about is the fact that the flu, the mm-hmm. influenza, the flu, mm-hmm. has actually killed more people in most countries in the world than coronavirus has. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I saw that Taiwan did is doing that I really like is that anyone with flu-like symptoms can mm-hmm. get free medication mm-hmm. and free treatment right now. So mm-hmm. Taiwan's doing a really good job of getting people, even if they're asymptomatic, meaning they mm-hmm. have no symptoms, you can still get free treatment and you can get help. Yeah, that, I think that's the best prevention. And uh, another really, really awesome thing about our government in this time is that they have a hotline, which is, uh, if you're in Taiwan, you can call 1922, which is one nine. If you're showing symptoms and if you're worried or if you've been to um, some of the countries that are uh, that are affected uh, by this uh, by this virus, you can just call and, uh, you know, ask for suggestions and they will tell you what to do. So I think this is pretty awesome. And Steve, you were saying there are other disease other than the coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I have acid reflux, which means I sometimes cough. And, you know, there are other things other than the coronavirus thingy. So, like, when, when I cough, people just give me this weird look. And I, I think, you know, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's good to be, to think rationally in these situations. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start thinking that every person that has a cough or a sneeze or does anything it has the coronavirus, you're just going to drive yourself crazy and be mm-hmm. afraid of everything. And, you know, the first week or two this came out, I really didn't want to leave my apartment that much, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to go out in public places. I was doing my best to avoid it. Mm-hmm. But after one or two weeks when I saw that things weren't really exploding or getting crazy, mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know, I'm not going to just like live my life in fear mm-hmm. for the next like few months. I'm going to go out and do stuff and just try to be as healthy as I can. I'm just going to try to get sleep, eat healthy, exercise, mm-hmm. and you know, just try to – you still want to be smart and wear a mask. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't just – I think the people are just living too much in fear. Yeah, I mean, in the first in the first two weeks, I mean, you and I in the office, we were all wear, wearing masks. But I think now we're, we're just like, eh, it's all right. So I'm not wearing masks anymore. Yeah, it's, just, it's annoying to wear them all day. I wear them on the MRT or the mm-hmm. subway, like when I go to work. But mm-hmm. in the office, I think it's a little bit excessive. Yeah, and I think most of us are pretty healthy here. And we do have a colleague that um, got a fever and she's in quarantine now. So I think what we're doing at VoiceTube here is also pretty good. I think the HR, um, you know, and, and our CEO did a really good job making sure that uh, all of us are safe and healthy. Well, yeah, all this talk about kind of other things going around and people being in panic uh, reminds me of a big issue that's going around mm-hmm. the whole world right now, really. Mm-hmm. I think it started off in Europe, but now it's also in Canada and the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that's a anti-Asian sentiments or a racism towards Asian people, mm-hmm. mostly driven by the fact that people are just not really being rational about this disease, mm-hmm. and they're just assuming that any Asian person, first, is Chinese, and secondly, can give them coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of just have this uh, hate towards, like, Asians right now. Well, not everyone, but, like, a lot of the countries were seeing this situation. So, for example, my friend, I think she's studying in uh, Poland or Germany, even though the two countries are really far away, but somewhere in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bad at geography. But, um, you know, she was just trying to make sure that she is healthy, uh, trying to prevent from getting sick. So she was wearing a mask, and as she was walking down the street, she also got a lot of weird looks, you know. Yeah, and I I mean, I 
by no means defend racism, but I think part of the logic with the mask is that Westerners mm-hmm. don't really wear those surgical masks. Mm-hmm. And I think this partially goes to air quality, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Asian cities do have poor air quality. Mm-hmm. And people will, will wear the math. People will wear the masks when they go outside, mm-hmm. especially common in countries like China or India. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the West, uh, countries typically don't have that same amount of air pollution Mm -hmm. and westerners will rarely wear surgical masks Mm -hmm. so i assume to westerners it looks very strange to see someone walking down the street with a mask on Mm -hmm. and like i said that by no means you should be racist if you see someone with a surgical mask Mm -hmm. but i can understand why they would think it looks out of place or strange Mm -hmm. yeah that's totally true i i actually agree with uh, agree with you on that because um when I was in Canada, I don't I don't think I've ever seen anybody wear surgical masks unless you're a doctor. And uh, and also, yes, the pollu- the air pollution is pretty, pretty bad in Asian countries because um, there's just too many people here. And then there's motorcycles and then there's cars and then there's like factories and stuff, even though there are factories in other countries. But actually, motorcycle is a is one of the big factors of, you know, air pollution. So that's totally true. And because of air pollution, you see a lot of um, people driving their motorcycles. They would wear this mask to make sure that they don't inhale too much, um, you know, like uh, dust or uh, just um, any, I don't know, bad air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No no air pollution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think what's happening is these Westerners, they see someone who's Asian walking down the street with a mask. And their first assumption is, oh, my God, that person's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. They must be sick. Maybe they have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's not really like a rational way to think about it. And here's where I'm going to kind of change gears. I What scares me about this is just how fast mm-hmm. Europe and America tipped mm-hmm. in terms of racism. Like all it took was a small virus mm-hmm. and like a not that many people having it in Europe and America, at mm-hmm. least as of a couple of weeks ago when this started, to mm-hmm. make people kind of become racist. And, of course, not everyone. There's plenty of Americans and European people that are thinking clearly that are not racist whatsoever. But this is definitely not good to see headlines in Paris saying, like, oh, yellow fever, coronavirus, mm-hmm. like, you know, the yellow plague or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in America, I literally saw a a guy in the subway literally attack a woman in Mm -hmm. the subway station it's pretty Mm -hmm. crazy what's happening with some places and even Mm -hmm. some restaurants some chinese restaurants are having so much trouble making money right now Mm -hmm. like no one will eat at some of these chinese restaurants Mm -hmm. because they just assume that oh chinese restaurant chinese community coronavirus yeah actually what you said there reminds me of of something what my sister told me so my sister is now in canada and uh, she really misses the food in Taiwan, so we sent her a package of, you know, instant noodles and stuff that she needs. And as soon as the package arrives, uh, the homestay family, the hosting family, um, the dad actually said something. It was it was a joke. It wasn't serious, but he said, "Does that have <laughs> does that have coronavirus?" So um, you know, it, it's it's okay to joke about coronavirus, but maybe at this sensitive timing, um, we should try not to and just all be considerate. And maybe respect everybody and just be careful and be rational. I think that's the most important part. Yeah, with comedy, it's always hard because I have the belief that you should be able to joke about most things. Mm -hmm. But of course, you have to be kind of sensitive about certain topics. Mm -hmm. So I I hesitate to talk much about comedy in this context, Mm -hmm. though, I mean, I don't. I'm personally not really offended. I think that's a pretty light example. Mm-hmm. I think her father's just being a little bit funny. Yeah. But like true racism is very serious and mm-hmm. 
pretty disgusting. I mean, the the homestay father or the dad does does he he does like to joke around and he doesn't really mean any harm. And I got to say, my sister lives in Newfoundland. There's no one there. There's no Asian there. So, I'm pretty sure um he means no harm and was just like trying to be um trying to be funny because it was all over the news. Yeah, and speaking of the news, I mean, I think the news is partially to blame for mm-hmm. people freaking out and some of the racism rising. And I say like usual, because I feel like the news plays a huge part in a lot of this. Mm -hmm. They just spread information. And some of the news channels are doing a really good job of just giving you factual information. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the news, they want ratings, right? They want views. They want listens. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of make – they drum up coronavirus and they say kind of things that just sound terrifying. Like, oh, maybe coronavirus will be in your country today. Maybe you shouldn't go outside. And people start listening to that. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. is this – so I think the news has a serious responsibility to just cover the truth and not exaggerate this to be something like uh, they, they shouldn't exaggerate coronavirus to be mm-hmm. this giant demon that everyone needs to be scared of all the time. Yeah, th- this actually has something to do with media literacy. I mean, you you have the right to um, to listen and to believe and to uh, to just you know, digest whatever the the news is telling you, but it's important that you tell the you tell right from wrong, and then you have to sort of analyze uh, the, these information that you have and make sure that you um, you're believing in the right things. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I agree with you, but I also think that a lot of the responsibility falls on the news themselves and mm-hmm. the people who are giving the news. I do agree, as listeners or viewers, we should try to research information mm-hmm. on our own and try to learn the actual facts. Mm-hmm. But the news also has a responsibility not to spread panic and fear amongst the populations as well. Yeah, that's very important. Now, speaking of news, we all have um, like social media apps and there's a very common app that we use in Taiwan called Line. And then, uh, th- of course, there are a lot of like senior people on it and they're constantly just sending these photos or you know, pieces of information telling people about certain things. And lately I realized, because um, I have a family group on online, and then I, I have my aunt up there, and there was this one particular aunt. She really likes to send messages <laughs> on the group chat, and then oftentimes, um, I don't know if she's trying to stir up anything, but she would put fake news in the group chat. And I'm assuming she probably doesn't have, you know, the ability to tell right from wrong. So she was just, like, um, sending these wrong informations. And I'm pretty sure she got the information from somebody else, too. So there's a lot of people spreading fake news um, on these social media apps. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. And, I mean, I've watched a few YouTube videos. I watched a couple of different scientists talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them I thought did a really good job. He basically told people, like, hey, like, the best thing you can do is just try to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Get 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 a full night's sleep. That's literally the best thing you can do is sleep well. Mm-hmm. But then there's, a, then there's this other guy I was watching on YouTube, and he kept talking about things like they were about to explode. He's like, any day now that could explode. You should go to the grocery store, make sure you have a full pantry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he even got me a little bit scared for a couple of days when I was watching it. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I should probably watch some other people, mm-hmm. some other scientists and some other experts, because if I just follow this guy, clearly I'm just going to be panicked. Yeah, true. But I do believe in one thing, though. As long as you're staying healthy, eating healthy, and you're keeping yourself clean, I think you should be fine. Really? Okay, well, I mean, let's actually return to where the disease actually started. 
or I should say virus. Mm-hmm. Let's return to where the virus actually started, and that is China. Mm-hmm. So there's a few different ideas about how this virus actually started. And the first one that I heard was about the wet markets. Mm-hmm. Um, a wet market is basically this kind of traditional market um, in China where they have tons of animals, mm-hmm. both alive and dead. Mm-hmm. Some of the animals are pretty normal, like fish and chickens and pigs. Mm-hmm. And then there's some wild animals, like stuff like wolves. and um, Wild game? Do they call it wild game? Well, I think a wild game, like that'd be kind of like deer or mm-hmm. like that. But they had some really exotic animals, like yeah. wolves, like baby wolves. What? <laughs> baby wolves? I think alligators also. Like alligators, okay. I mean, you know, in some of the hot pot shops in Taiwan, you can get alligators. Yeah, I just I just can't imagine these markets. Like, I just can't imagine going to a Chinese market and seeing, like, you uh-huh. know. And there's so many live and dead animals, too. I know. Which I think is pretty unique. I mean, in Taiwan, I've never really, I know it happens. I know uh-huh. it's happened a lot in the past, but I've never uh-huh. really seen a lot of live animals in the markets. Yeah, and they eat like they eat animals. I mean, I'm talking about the it's not normal to eat cats and dogs, but it's kind of normal for you to find cats and dogs dead or alive in a wet market. In China? Yeah. Have you seen that? Well, um from the news, yeah, and I know I'm not saying anything, but I know they do eat weird animals. And there are even animals that they sell that I don't even know how what they're called (laughs) like i know what they're called in in chinese but i don't know what what it's called in english right right and i mean even there's actually a few i didn't know in english as well Mm -hmm. Uh, one we might talk about today called a pangolin or a pangolin or maybe they sell badgers and coyote (laughs) (laughs) in one of your cnn episodes I think they do. That means, Winnie, you're going to the wet market. Oh, no. Be <laughs> the coyote. <laughs> I'm the cute coyote, by the way. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, you can actually go listen to the to the, uh, to the pronunciation challenge. What day was it? Tuesday. Every Tuesday is the CNN, cha- yeah. CNN 10 challenge. Every Tuesday, Steve does the CNN challenge, uh, pronunciation challenge. It's on our website, VoiceTube, and it's also on our app. And it's also really good. It's also very funny. <laughs> if you want to learn some news and if you want to just have, you know, uh, a few minutes of happy time, CNN Challenge is your first choice. All right. I think that's enough self-promotion <laughs> for now. Yep. All right. So this wet market idea, I guess most people agree that the coronavirus came from bats. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you this yesterday because I read about it. I guess that starts from bat poop. Mm-hmm. Or bat dung, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm sorry, bats... but bat dung sounds very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. Go on with your story. But bats um, carry a lot of diseases. I think mm-hmm. they're the ones that brought like uh, MERS and SARS. Mm-hmm. But um, they poop on fruits mm-hmm. and other plants that animals eat. So mm-hmm. you can imagine a bat flying, pooping on an apple. Mm-hmm. Another animal eats that apple mm-hmm. and then they get sick. Mm-hmm. And so they think a lot of people think bats are the first species that had coronavirus and then it went to some other animals and then to people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I mentioned that pangolin thing, pangolin. Mm-hmm. It's like a aardvark or anteater that's in China only. I think they're native to China. Mm-hmm. Some people think that those were the peop- animals that gave them to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely heard about that, too. I And I, I kind of believe it, though, but. I um I was reading some you know some news and articles on the internet. They were saying that there um, that other animals might be the cause of it too. So it might not be just the bat, or it could be multiple animals. I I think. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there might be a chain of animals that um mm-hmm. were able to give it to people. Mm-hmm. 
And the fringe theory or the conspiracy theory is that the Chinese government has been testing biological weapons Mm -hmm. and that coronavirus might have been one of those um, biological diseases they were testing in the Mm -hmm. lab and it somehow escaped that lab and got into Wuhan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was talking to my friend about it because um, I use social media a lot and I see everybody sharing um, this, you call it a theory, right? They were sharing this theory on their Instagram. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, conspiracy theory. They were sharing this on their social media and I screenshot it one, I shared it to my friend and she is this person that she is always, uh, you know, looking into facts and you were saying there is an adjective for this. Well, I just say fact-oriented person. Yeah, I guess. she's a fact-oriented person, and she actually believed in it, and uh, and she was like analyzing the reasons why she believed in it, and I think it's it's not impossible. No, I certainly don't think it is, and I think there's been some information coming from within China that has actually leaked that this might be a possibility. So it's not mm-hmm. just foreigners that are saying this; it's actually mm-hmm. some people who are in China and Chinese. Uh Um, And I have no doubt that countries like the U.S., Russia, China, some of the world's superpowers are definitely Uh testing some strange diseases and uh, weapons that the public just doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were you and I were talking about how sometimes they're pretty mysterious. They don't necessarily always tell you everything that you should know. They don't always tell you, um, you know, like they they don't they, they don't always tell the truth. I wouldn't say that they're lying, but sometimes they're just keeping things from people. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the stats that have come out in China, it's like mm-hmm. you've seen some ridiculously high number of people dead, mm-hmm. and then it changes really fast. It's mm-hmm. taken down in the Chinese government. So I think there's a lot of the Chinese government saying, well, let me backtrack a little bit. What I know is that the Chinese government as different definitions of people who have coronavirus in different areas. Mm -hmm. So people maybe in the city of Wuhan define coronavirus differently than Mm -hmm. maybe in like Beijing or Shanghai. So part of the problem is, is that some of these Chinese definitions are really loose Mm -hmm. and they don't, so they might not be including people who are asymptomatic, for instance, or Mm -hmm. someone that has a fever, but doesn't die. And so it's really hard to tell um, anything that, that it's hard to tell if what the Chinese government is saying is reliable or true. I, we just mm-hmm. can't tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, I was talking to you about um, how I don't think it can. It, this thing can spread so fast because they actually, um, I think the first event, on according to this article that I found on the internet, on December 31st, last year, which is 2019, China alerted uh, you know WHO to several cases of unusual pneumonia in Wuhan. So um, it was it was in December 31st that they alerted WHO, but I'm pretty sure it happened like a long time ago. It like I said, it's really hard to say. Like who knows? I mean, maybe it was December, maybe it was October. Mm-hmm. With SARS, like 18 years ago, mm-hmm. China tried to cover it up for like three or four months. They didn't mm-hmm. tell anybody, and then basically it got too big, and they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we have this uh, very dis- this disease that's been spreading around." Yeah, it, it's kind of like you know in in this. It's kind of like China is a little boy who's really worried that um, if he tells the truth that he's going to get, you know, scolded by a mom or something. So, like, they they don't want to get in trouble. I don't know if it's because of that, but then it's not good for the entire world. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get too into the politics here because I know mm-hmm. it's a little bit sensitive. But I definitely think the Chinese government is 
very secretive in a lot how they deal with a lot mm-hmm. of this information. But yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, we have a lot of problems, such as like Taiwan not being in the WHO. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck's going on with that? Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know why. You know, it's it's been so long, and obviously Taiwan has one of the best medical services in the world. Yeah, I think actually my girlfriend had recently showed me a. Um, list of countries with for healthcare and Taiwan was actually number one mm-hmm. for like multiple years in a row. Yeah. Healthcare system, amazing, awesome. And the doctors here, I would say most of them are really, really caring and they're really, really professional. That's why, uh, well, a lot of my family members, they live in Canada or, uh, of, or um, America and they all come back to, um, you know, to go to the doctors or get their teeth checked, obviously, because it's cheaper here. And you get better care here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really incredible. Um, it's very cheap and it's very easy. And I find that a lot of the doctors speak English. They're very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, not every doctor I've had, but most of them have been really great and really helpful. And so I've had most, I've had pretty much all good experiences with the doctors in Taiwan. Well, there's one more thing I gotta say now mm-hmm. because the people of Taiwan, we're all very, very nice and kind. We're re- we're really, really willing to help. That's why. Part of the reasons I think we should, you know, be able to join WHO, but but I do hear like uh, a different voice saying that if we were to join WHO right now, um, it's like people are taking our resources away. Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, it could be. I just think the sharing of information is the important part. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have you can't be leaving countries in the dark, mm-hmm. especially countries that are really affected by coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taiwan is so close to China. I know. And I mean, Chinese people sometimes will argue that Taiwan's part of China, mm-hmm. and you know they want to come here, they want to travel here. And there's definitely a bunch of Chinese people when this had popped up that were like, "Hey, like, why are you not, why are you, why are you not letting us in Taiwan? We're the same kind of people." Mm-hmm. But yet, if we're the same kind of people, why aren't the Taiwanese allowed to be in the WHO. Perhaps I'm saying too much here. Mm-hmm. I'm causing some controversy. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, there's there's always going to be more than one voice, right? So I think it's quite quite good that we look into different different sides of it. But um, what I have to say is that regardless of you know of the the relationship between China and Taiwan or any other country against China, I think the most important thing is that we be rational. And we do our best to try to help and we stick together and try to solve this problem because this is now an international issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I really want to talk about when it comes to China, though, is how they handled it. They, they literally shut down mm-hmm. like major Wuhan. cities. Like, Can you imagine Beijing or Shanghai? Mm-hmm. Shanghai has like 22 million people. I just can't imagine a city of 22 million people shut down. Yeah, I do feel bad for uh, for them because I do have a lot of friends from China because when I was in, in college, I went to Shuxing University. And um, we have a lot of students from China, from all over the world. So I, I do feel bad for them. But this also makes me extremely thankful that I live in Taiwan. Yeah, I'm kind of like on the fence here. I think in some ways it's good that you kind of like China did a pretty good job of like controlling, trying to control things. Like mm-hmm. they stopped a lot of like international flights and they, they're kind of trying to like stop like people mm-hmm. from just traveling around the country. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you just like shut down a city of 22 million people, mm-hmm. that's like a massive economic hit, not just yeah. for China, but for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And like you're going to eventually like what happens with food? Like if you can't work. You know, you can't, like, just go to the grocery store and buy food. Like, what happens? Like, mm-hmm. this is just, like, a giant 
crazy it's just a crazy situation that mm-hmm. like i've never seen in my life yeah i did read about that i was like uh watching the news i think because china ex- exports a lot of their um materials right so like for for example you're making cars and stuff you have materials from china so things are going to get more expensive the price is going to rise and uh yeah a lot of things are going to be affected yeah definitely and i mean we don't really know what's going to happen with this if this is going to be finished by this month or in a three months so for now i would just tell people just try to be healthy try to keep your wash your hands wear the mask if you have to mm-hmm. and don't get too crazy about it you know just try to read up on the news a little bit and just make rational decisions Mm -hmm. yeah don't get paranoid right yeah don't get paranoid and don't let your negative emotions and irrational emotions rule you because Mm -hmm. i think that's the way that bad stuff happens i know take good care of yourself and be rational and be caring be loving be respectful that's all it is yeah that's it so guys i think that's about all the time we have for coronavirus today we hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of ride the vibes Mm -hmm. this is winnie that's steve and we'll see you next time (laughs) thanks for listening to ride the vibes we're happy you enjoyed the show we want to take our conversations around the world to reach more listeners it would be totally awesome if you could like share and subscribe Please turn on the notification bell so you won't miss a single episode. And definitely get in contact with us if you have anything you want us to talk about in the future. See you next time, and once again, thanks for listening.